Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. And as we record, we are on episode 210. So whether you're listening in arrears or you went back and looked at everything. What did you say? Listening what? Arrears. A-R-R-E-A-R-S. Arrears. That means you go backwards. You are so smart. Because I didn't... I... <laughs> you didn't like that word? I, I, well, I just didn't know what you said. And it didn't. It, what I heard... It's a little bit different I am far said. from smart, but anyway, oh, yeah. uh, I like... <laughs> Say it again, you listen, what? If Whether you were listening in arrears, so you're listening from the back <laughs> forward. Anyway, what Are I'm you trying sure to... that's a word? Are you positive I'm, that's a word? Look it up, brother. How do you spell that thing? A-R-R-E-A-R-S. A- oh, I'm scared to look it up. A- A-R-R-E-A-R-S? Yes. Okay, so... Arrears. Yes. Well, this says arrears is a legal term for part of the debt that is overdue after, miss, after missing one or more required payments. Okay, well, that, that certainly is a part of it, but <laughs> it can be used in common English as well. But anyway, <laughs> the point is this. You are so smart, right? If, you, if, you if you're listening and you're trying to find out which episode you're on, this is episode 210. That's what I should have said, and we would have been able to get through that a lot quicker. It, well, it, was, it was a good vocabulary lesson. All right. right. I mean, I, I, I feel pretty smart. Like, I mean, I did do a doctorate, but... Some of the words you throw out sometimes pops. I just I didn't. Yeah, learn them some in of them are slang, so yeah, you don't. You're not responsible well, for that, those. Those that, Charleston slang uh, words. I, I you, you are so. not responsible. Well, if you've been listening in arrears, here we are. All right. So anyway, <laughs> as you listen, take a few minutes and let someone else know to come join us, whether they're listening in arrears or not, by posting. <laughs> uh, you, you know, got, to Facebook you got or find Twitter, word, bro. I can't do it. Okay, <laughs> or text them with that link. Um, anyway, just get other people listening. Don't use that word anymore. And uh, anyway. Of course, always our immediate church family, make sure that they're a part. And uh, if you have people that you know that say, listen, it'd be good for you to listen, it would help in their uh, walk with the Lord, I believe. Well, Pastor, uh, for years, literally, I was in the, uh, I guess it was called the Photography Club. Photography Club. Yeah, when I was in, you know, 12, 13 years old at school, and I have always liked to take pictures. I've yeah. always liked to go, and we went, oh, we would go up and down the islands of the, of like Bull Island and Deweese Island, Caper Island, and we'd go take pictures and do all these real dramatic things, and I thought I was all that. And, uh, but anyway, I've always enjoyed it. And then now we get these things, yeah. these, these, iPhones and you can take pictures of anything anywhere and keep the image and now when you're online you'll be watching something and it'll pop up from something eight years ago or nine years ago I love that I really like that and you go back and relive that moment I like that feature on the cloud and the phones and all that anyway it's really and they'll do little little events yeah I really like that but it just kind of helps you relive what you're going through and 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 uh you know it's really satisfying a lot of times to go back and that picture that you thought was so terrible 10 years ago you go man I look pretty good yeah I was young (laughs) anyway it is amazing so how far back would you have to look at pictures for when you had hair (laughs) brother you have to go back to Africa black and white pictures Africa is when I had hair (laughs) I lost it in Africa but anyway so that would have been 83. I probably had hair until about 83, 84, somewhere in there. Mm. Anyway, yeah, that's what I said. Um, anyway, but 
interestingly enough, we use this term called the, uh, the image of God. And yeah. we talk about we are made in the image of yeah. God. There's a popular Christian song talk talks about that. And we are made in the image of God. But, you know, I have to ask the question, and I think we need to understand what this means theologically, biblically, so that we can understand what it really means to be mm. in the image of God that we are made in that image. So that's what uh, I think we would be good to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about being made in, and that was a good segue, Pops, pictures. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, you did a good job with that. All right, thank yeah. you. What's the best picture you ever taken or your favorite picture you ever taken? Oh, well, I've taken some uh, beautiful sunsets. Yeah? Like, I, I think I, I know I have one with the Sullivan's Island Lighthouse behind oh, it. Oh, yeah, the, I've taken the, lots of shots there. In the and uh, that's a beautiful for place whatever for a reason, it, it was like, was misfocused on purpose so that yeah. the front was you know i can't remember if it's the front but anyway it, it looked looked yeah. professional one of my few that look actually professional that's a great spot for some sunset shots mm. i've taken quite a few over the years there at the sullivan's island yeah i wanted to i think i, w- I was going to put that in the uh, you know every year at the county fair yeah they have that big old art show and i was going to put it in but i never did so yeah. anyway yeah pictures are great man stacy was is a well, she she did like a, she used to be really big in photography, and then life happens, and you know exactly. But yeah, so so there's something about a picture that helps you to see reality. So that, yeah. that's a good segue because when you think about image of God, um, John Calvin, the the great reformer, once said about the image of God that when you think about the image of God, you need to think about a mirror, mm. right? Uh, because that that is what we're called to do as people who are made in the image of God. We're called to mirror God, to reflect something about Him in the way that we live our lives. So this this is a interesting topic, and the reason why we're doing this topic is because we've been over the last month or so talking about theological words. We've done Trinity, justification, sanctification, redemption, glorification. I think we did something else. I don't remember them all. But this is not a word. This is a phrase: image of God. But it really is a big deal, and I think that that when we read about being made in the image of God in Genesis chapter 1, uh, oftentimes we really don't know what that means. And so I just wanted to take that phrase and unpack that phrase because it is a pretty significant phrase. And so today we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about uh, a conversation about the image of God and why this idea of being made in the image of God is such a big deal to you. All right. Well, I look forward to that as we uh, discuss this. Um, so, uh, first of all, let's talk about this, that uh, humanity is unique. Yeah, so we talk about being made in the image of God. That's really just what we, what we mean. Like, like, we are obviously unique from the rest of creation. Now, mm-hmm. you go to Genesis chapter 1, and we're given the account of creation, and you know that, that God created the world that we live in in six days. And as you read through a creation account, you read how God spoke, and the heavens and earth came into existence. He creates light and, you know, all these other things. And um, I hear some bells ringing, do yeah, you? Yeah, I do too. Maybe. I don't know what's going on. Maybe the Lord's it, coming it back. It sounds like we're in London all of a sudden. <laughs> Okay, I don't... Big Ben's just no chiming away. It is and, not my phone. Yeah, it's all good. All right. So as I was saying, uh, you get this account of creation, mm-hmm. and on the sixth day, humanity is created. And so this is what, what the Scripture says in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according mm-hmm. to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image 
of God. He created them male and female. And so several times in those couple of verses, we're told that we are created in the image of God. Now, when you read into Genesis chapter 2, it gets even more unique because, because when you read Genesis 1, we have this picture of God speaking and things come into existence. Mm-hmm. But when you get into Genesis chapter 2, you read that, that when God creates mankind, he makes him out, Trey, from the dust of the yeah, ground and yeah. breathes life into the, the, the nostrils of man. And so there's something about the creation of mankind that is very unique and different uh, than the rest of God's creation. Now, you and I obviously know that. You know that you're different than a monkey. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know science would tell you, or scientists would want to tell close. you, that, that we're closely related, yeah. and, and I guess we're maybe a little bit related, but we're, we're not monkeys, right? Exactly. This idea that we might have evolved from a monkey, it just that, that, that doesn't accurately reflect what Scripture teaches us, that God, He intimately and He um, you know, very distinctively created humanity in a very unique way. And yeah. so there's something that's, that's right. unique about you. And so when you think about the image of God, I, I think... Uh, you can think about being made in the image of God, just three aspects that are really significant. Mm. And the third one is the most significant, I think, just as you re- we read the text. One, when you think about um, the image of God, we are unique in identity. Okay. So what I mean by that, unique in identity, is you know that. You know that there's something unique about your identity that is different than the rest of creation. For example, uh, you have a moral capacity, mm. right? That's like God. You see what I'm saying? Like, like God is, is this moral God that he, he knows right from wrong. Now, the thing about God is he always does, he what's, always right. does what's right. You don't. I don't. We'll get to that in a bit. But, but you have this moral capacity. You are able to know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. You know that theft is wrong. You know that loving others is right. You know that lying is wrong. You know that um, uh, treating others with dignity and respect is right. So you, you know those things. Uh, even if you have never read a Bible, right, you kind of instinctively know the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. That's something that's unique about humanity. And so, listen, when we say that humanity is created in the image of God, that means all of us. Right. That every person on the face of the planet is created in the image of God. Every person shares these things, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to talk about um, the fall and how that affects the image of God, but every person is made in the image of God. So every person has the capacity or is a moral being. We know the difference between right and wrong. Every person is a spiritual being, mm-hmm. right? We are body and soul or body and spirit. Right. Now, obviously, sin um, uh, has a great effect on that. But there's a, the, in, in, in the Ecclesiastes, right, Solomon talks about that, 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 that in our hearts, every heart, there's a longing for something eternal. Mm-hmm. We, we know instinctively there's something more than this life, right? That that's just something that God has wired in humanity. We are we are spiritual as well as physical. Now God is spirit, right? So we're made in His image, um, and 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 you think about it as well that we're able to reason. I mean, we we are able to have intellectual conversations. We're able to talk through mm-hmm. things through. I mean, and and you think about Isaiah in Isaiah chapter one when God speaks to the rebellious Israelites. He says, "Come now, let us reason, reason together." together yeah. Right. And so you think about um, being made in the image of God. We are like God in the sense that 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 we have this unique identity. That there's something about us that is we're not God. Mm-hmm. We're not divine. We're human. 
We're very different. God is holy. He is set apart. Um, he's called us to be holy, but God is distinctively holy. He is divine God, holy God. We are sinful people, but we are made in this image like God in the sense that, that we have this unique identity uh, that, 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 that's obvious to us. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've got that. So we're so uh, we're unique in how we are as as a uh, would you say as a person as individual people is that why the individual is so important to us and why we we hold on to life and all those things? Well, I mean, well that's that's what happens, right? Since since there's this uniqueness about us, mm-hmm. and every person is made in the image of God, that does mean that every life is absolutely valuable, yeah. and it's why we hold on to the dignity of life. That's why things like uh, abortion are so or we're standing against abortion right, right. Is, is, is such a big deal to us because we believe that that child in the womb is made in the image of God, mm-hmm. that, that from the time of conception, uh, that, that, that child is, is, is an image bearer of God. And so we, and not only that, but you think about, you know, the laws we place in our land to protect life, mm-hmm. you know, at, at every level and every stage, we, we take life seriously because every life is valued by God and, and, and every life, right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is loved by God, mm-hmm. and, and, and through His Son, Jesus Christ, God our Father wants to redeem every life as people place their faith in Jesus Christ. So life is valuable and be, because we are made in the image of God. That's a big deal. And so that does have lots of implications for us as we think about how we treat other people, yeah, uh, people yeah, exactly. who are not like us. I mean, and that's the, that's the deal, right? You think about um, that person who, who's, who's on the side of the street, who's down on his luck, who's homeless, who doesn't yeah. have a job and all those kind of things. We, we have a tendency to look down on that person, like, why doesn't he get his act together? Or whatever the case may be, when, when our attitude should be that that person might be down on his luck, but that person is an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. He reflects and it's broken and, and all that kind of stuff. I get it, but in some way that that person reflects the image of God, and so that person has value and dignity and worth. So I need to care for even that person in mm-hmm. some way uh, that 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 that's down and out, or or think about even the most you know evil people. Mm-hmm. That's hard to get our minds around. It is, but even those those evil people that we know about. Uh, they're they're made in the image of God, right? And so yeah. so it does have implications about how we think about people, how we think about um, um, the work that God wants to do in their lives, and all those kinds of things. And I mean that's why we have just about in every level of of law we have something that protects life, whether it's right. you know murder or, or or accidental things, what happens to somebody when they die, and all these things are all protected in law. Yeah. And it all really goes back, again, to the Word of God, to the Bible, and to ultimately to God that we are made in His image, and that's why it's so important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're unique in identity, yes. but, but here's the other thing that's significant when we think about being made in the, in the image of God. In the image of God, we, we were created for relationship. Yes, we were. That's what makes us unique. And, and I mean, I, I know in the... You know the animal kingdom. You, I, I, you know, I know you get a couple dogs together. They like, they like to lay on each other and all those kinds of things. So I, I get that, right? You pack a dog sticks together, pack yeah, a, yeah. whatever. Um, but there's something unique about the kind of relationships that humanity shares with each other, right? Yeah. We're created as relational beings. Um, Genesis one twenty six. Let us make man in our image. Mm-hmm. So you have this 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 plural pronoun, right? Us. Yeah. So, so we believe that right there in Genesis chapter one, and we talked about this last week, mm-hmm. that you have a reference to the Trinity: God yeah. the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, present at creation. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit 
our triune God has always been in relationship. Yeah. The three persons of the Trinity have always been in relationship with each other. And so we have an eternal God who is relational, a God who's always been relational. God did not create us because he was lonely. God did not create us because he needed companions. God mm. was perfectly content in his relationship with himself in the in the Trinity, right? But God made us in the in his image. God made us like him in the sense that he made us with a longing for relationships. Ultimately, a relationship with him, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, that you see that in the Garden of Eden, that Adam and Eve, before they fall, they have this beautiful relationship with the God of all creation. And so God has made us for relationship with him, and God has also made us for relationship with each other. And so we, we find a lot of meaning and a lot of significance, and a lot of purpose when we are living in relationship with each other and ultimately in relationship with God. This is why you, you think about it, right? That, that, um, that loneliness is a big deal. Yeah. You know, and and all of us go through seasons of loneliness. I remember being a, a single a single guy in in Franklinton, Louisiana, and man, I remember being lonely, right? I mean, right. Th- that was that was a tough season of life, right? Because you know, God has not designed us to be alone. He's designed us to be in relationship. That's why things like you know church community are so significant. Mm-hmm. That's why th- things like marriage and family are so significant because God has made us that way in his image. He's made us for relationships and again ultimately for relationship with him. So you think about being made in the in the image of God, there's this unique sense of identity that we have because we're made in his image mm-hmm. and this idea that we are made for relationships. It's a big deal. Yeah. And not only that, uh, we also, you say we're, we're unique in role. Now, what yeah, does that yeah. mean? We have a unique role. Now, I think this really is where where um, Moses, the author of Genesis, is trying to get us to focus, right? Okay. Um, that we're made in the image of God. What is God establishing in Genesis chapter 1? Well, ultimately, I think what God is establishing in Genesis 1, obviously, he's creating the, the, the universe and people, yeah. but he's establishing his kingdom, mm-hmm. right? That that God, and, and this is a theme, if you think about biblical theology, that you trace all throughout Scripture, it certainly is. right? We're in the Gospel of Luke, and and this idea of the kingdom of God keeps coming up. Um, we're we're going to continue through the New Testament, and you get to the book of Revelation. The king returns, yeah. and and his king kingdom once and for all is known and established on this earth. Every knee bows, every tongue confesses that Christ is Lord. God is really interested in his kingdom mm. uh, reigning and ruling over this earth. And so in Genesis 1, that's what's being established, I think, is the kingdom of God. I think, I think you see it. And, and I think this is intentional as Moses is, is recording God's story in, in the book of Genesis. The people have come out of captivity um, in Egypt when, when Moses writes his book, and he's reminding the people, hey, here's who your God is. Your God is a king a king who has created you in his image and a king who has given you a responsibility. Because look at what the text says. God said to them, verse 28, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and what? Subdue Subdue it. it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. And so you have this idea in Genesis 1 that humanity is created in the image of God to what? To be vice regents of the king. In other words, to rule on behalf of the king, it's a big deal. Yeah, and so so this idea that that God has given us dominion—that's that's our role, responsibility to have dominion over the earth, but not apart from God. You see what I'm saying? We're not to have dominion on our own. We're not the kings. 
right? God is the king. And so we have dominion over the earth as we represent the king, right? And so, so the idea is this Garden of Eden that, that God creates in, in, in the beginning, that, that as Adam and Eve multiply and fill the Garden of Eden, what's going to happen? It's going to expand. Yeah. Or that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, exactly. That the Garden of Eden is supposed to expand outside of those boundaries you have in Genesis chapter 2 and fill the earth. The kingdom of God, right, through Adam and Eve and their descendants is supposed to, to subdue the entire earth, right? That everywhere you go, you recognize that there's a kingdom, God's kingdom, and, and, and God reigns and rules and calls his people, his image bearers, to reign and rule with him as we subdue the earth. And so, so we could get in a long conversation about this, but, but you think about this Garden of Eden. It's, it's a perfect place until mm-hmm. Adam and Eve fall into sin. And, and, and so... Outside the garden, if you will, you have this imagery of wilderness, right? Yeah. And so, at the, so, so that's what's going supposed to happen is as Adam and Eve expand their family in the sense, like this Garden of Eden, it, it overtakes wilderness, mm-hmm. right? And and everything becomes subdued and under the kingdom of God. The problem is that sin enters into the picture. And yet we have tried to do that as well. I mean, we still have done that. Yeah. It's just we've done it in a broken way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we all want to rule. Yeah, because that's something God has put in us. Mm-hmm. He's put it in us to rule. But to rule under his leadership. Yeah. He is the ultimate king, right, who's called us uh, to, to take dominion over the earth for the sake of his kingdom, not our own. But that's the unique, wow. you know, role of, yeah, of, of, of humans, right, who are made in the image of God, that we were made for this specific role, right, to to uh, to spread the kingdom of God as we submit to that. I mean, I think that's the heart of what Moses is getting to in Genesis chapter 1 when he talks about us being made in the image of God. Yes, it's relational. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's this unique identity, but it's bigger than that. There's mm-hmm. this responsibility that we have uh, to to come under the reign and rule of God and to spread his reign and rule as we subdue the earth for the kingdom of God. Amen. All right. Well, we've talked about humanity as unique, but also, and this is what we've been... It, it, Finds its way in even in our conversation, and that is humanity is broken. Yeah, so humanity is unique. That's Genesis chapter 1, and but also humanity is broken because this is where the fall comes in, mm-hmm. in place. Now, I think John Calvin, again, is very helpful. John Calvin, the reformer, said that we're like mirrors, right? That we're, there's something about us that's supposed to reflect uh, who God is. But John Calvin went on to say that we are broken mirrors. Wow. So we're mirrors that are shattered into a million pieces, right? So... so uh, I did this one time. I was going to ask this story. I was going to ask about that. Go ahead. Yeah. So when I I I preached on Genesis one at uh, another church years ago, and um, when I did, I I had um, I had a mirror on the stage. I tell you the story before. You've heard this story. It's great. It's It's a terrible story. No, I had a I had a mirror on stage. It actually gets and I wanted to illustrate the point of what John Calvin was saying. Right that that we are. Um, we're broken mirrors. And so I was just walking through this, talking about how we're mirrors of God's image and all these kinds of things. I explain all that, some of the things, same things I've talked about already. And then at the, the pivotal moment in the sermon, nobody knew I had it, nobody knew it was coming, nobody knew anything about it, right? At the pivotal moment of the sermon, I reached behind the mirror and grabbed a hammer and just smashed that mirror on the stage. Wow. That was, in 20 years of preaching, the dumbest thing I've ever oh, done. Man. For a couple reasons. But it makes a great illustration. It, it, no, it was terrible. For a couple reasons. One, this I felt so bad. There was a gentleman who sat in the second oh, row who, no. who, um, who was blind. Oh, no. He hit the floor. 
because he did not know what was going on. He thought oh, there was a man. gunshot in the room, and that was not oh, good. Oh, my heavens. I, I guess I didn't realize that when I hit that mirror, those mirror pieces, I knew it would shatter, but I didn't know how far it would shatter oh. and the direction it would go. I made a, I made a mess. And not only did I make a mess, I didn't expect that mirror to backfire on me and and come at me. Mm. And I sliced my hand in the middle of the sermon. I had to, and I saw it like I saw blood just gushing out of my hand. And so I tried, I mean, so I tried to, I put my hand over my hand just to try to stop the bleeding and finish the message. It was, that, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in the pulpit, man. That was terrible. But now it's a great illustration. No, I don't even think it's a great <laughs> A great illustration of my stupidity is what it was. Okay. So, yeah, but but I was trying to prove the point, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That That's who we are. We're broken mirrors. And what right? a mess we've made. What a mess we've made. So I guess yeah. it is a good illustration. Yeah. Just it, it cost me a lot, that yeah, illustration. It was a high cost. Yeah, so anyway, but 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 if you take a broken mirror... Right, and you pick up the broken pieces. You gotta be careful because you could, you could cut your hand. I know that from experience. But you take those pieces and pick them up. What do you see? You do see yourself. You see, part, you see yourself you, in it. You know, you yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, but it's it's just not right. You take yeah. one of those shards of mirror. You pick it up. It still reflects, just not very well. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that that's what the fall has done. The fall hasn't changed the fact that we're made in the image of God. Mm. Right? So you think about it. You think about that broken person, which we're all broken. I get that. But you think about that that unsaved person, that person who's not a follower of Jesus. They still are made in the image of God, and they still reflect the image of God, not perfectly at all, yeah. in a very broken kind of way. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, there, there are plenty of lost dads and lost moms who know how to love their children unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Right, there are plenty of lost people that know how to be kind, yeah, and compassionate, and I've in, in a very I mean, broken way. Them, right? Yeah. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? And so, so in a very broken way, everybody reflects the image of God in some way, right? And so, 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 so we're broken mirrors, right? We, 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 uh, we don't do it well often. We're sinful, but still that. Just the fact that we're sinful doesn't change that the fact that God made us as his image bearers. We're just very broken, mm-hmm. right? That that the fall has made us broken mirrors, if you will, broken image bearers. But here's the good news, right? Jesus is restoring Amen. what we've broken. So you come to uh, the New Testament, and you've got passages. Let me pull that up real quick because I don't have it up as fast enough. So Jesus restores relationships, so he takes this broken person, and what he does is he turns them into people that are designed now as new creations to reflect right, the reflect. So this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Yeah. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. The glory of Christ. Now listen to what Paul says. Christ, who is the image of God. Yeah. Right, so you get you get to places like Hebrews chapter one, and the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus is the exact representation of God; that He is God in the flesh. He is the ultimate image of God. Mm-hmm. Right, so so you know, and and Paul is going to call you know Jesus uh, the the second Adam. Mm. Right, that that where we messed up, where humanity messed up, and. And, and sinned against God, and the mirror became broken, if you will, or uh, Jesus didn't. Mm-hmm. He, he perfectly reflects the Father. He perfectly shows us, reveals to us who God is and what God is like. He, he is the very image of God who is now, through his spirit, 
changing us and putting us back together so that someday we'll reflect the image of God like we were intended to. Now, that will not happen until Christ returns and 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 we are glorified like we talked about a few weeks ago. But right. that's what's going to happen, that right now uh, Jesus is putting back together in your life and my life as we follow him what we have broken because of our own sin. And there will come a day when Christ returns that this image of God that we've messed up, that we've broken, uh, it, it will be completely restored in us through the transforming work of Jesus Christ. Are you made in the image of God? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is the image of God, um, you know, do, do we get it right? That we're broken people, mm. but God is restoring through His Son Jesus Christ what we've broken. So this this is a big deal. The image of God is a big deal because it reminds us of of our uniqueness. It reminds us that that we're people who are called to relationship, but it also reminds us that there there is a role that God has for us uh, that that we see very clearly in the Book of Genesis that we've messed up, but God is restoring that in us through His Son Jesus Christ. So I see in this the theological reason that we need to have. That kind of testimony. What we're really saying, we said we need to have a good testimony. That's yeah. an evangelical term. We're saying we need to reflect Jesus yeah. in yeah. our lives, yeah. who is the one who is reflecting God. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's why I think uh, yeah. that's he it. says let this light that so Jesus shine Jesus is conforming us to the image of God. Yeah. Right? He is making us more and more like himself, that we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, that we exhibit Christ-like character, that we exhibit, you know, the the giftedness that God has given to us, all those kinds of things, that Jesus is doing that in us. He's restoring mm-hmm. what we've broken because of our sinfulness. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a big the, the, theological idea uh, that, that I think sometimes we don't think much about or we're we don't talk by about it or whatever the case may be. Not because we're mad about yeah. it or anything. It's just not one of, it's one of those right. overlooked things right. that really has huge impact. And so what, it, what this should do, I think, is creating us a longing yeah. to want to be like mm-hmm. the one who is saving us, to want to see this image of God restored in us and it also should create in us a longing to see that restored in other people that 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 we understand that the person that we don't like who maybe isn't a follower of jesus or what the case may be uh, they're made in the image of god right mm-hmm. and we want to see that image of god restored in them you see what i'm saying and so so it is a big deal all right pastor well thank you so much for uh, sharing this and look forward to what that's going to do to impact the rest of our lives so as we get ready for next week uh why don't you close this out? Yep. I hope this has been a blessing for you, and I hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if it has, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review that helps us to get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode helps you connect faith to life.